Please remain standing as we open the Word of God to the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. During the first, or on the first Sunday of Advent and each Sunday following, we have been in a series during this season called The Rest of Christmas, focusing on the reality of what it means to live in a very restless world. What is the rest that God has promised us in himself? But the word rest has two meanings. It doesn't mean just to be still, to relax, to discover peace. It also means there's more to the story. What is the rest to come? Tonight, the sermon is titled, The Rest of His Parents, looking at Mary and Joseph, and then the Heavenly Father, the rest of his parents, the rest promised in Christ. Hear now the word of the Lord from Matthew 1, 18 to 25, and then from Luke 1, 34 to 38. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to his son, and he called his name Jesus. Now from Luke's gospel. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Father, in this very happy night, in this wonderful place, we come, your sanctuary, to worship you, to think rightly and feel correctly, to know the truth of why we've gathered. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Illuminate our hearts and minds that we might see where we stand in Christ. And we might see what it means to rest in you. That you would transform us even in this moment for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was here earlier today at 4 o'clock for the first worship service. And I know some of you have been to that service before. And some of you have always been to this one. And you have no idea what that is like. It is so loud. 
and it is a little bit wild. It's packed wall to wall, front to back. There's overflow. And the children are being children, and they're restless. They're restless because they're excited for what will happen tonight and tomorrow. They're restless because it's in their nature. And because they're restless, their parents are restless. One little boy, he could not have been older than three, simply came walking down the center of the aisle here. He didn't go on the stage or come up to the pulpit, but I watched his mother come down. I was sitting over there, and then I watched her lead him back to her seat. And then a minute later, here she comes again, chasing the same little boy. He was eager to see all that was happening here, and she picked him up and walked him along. Very calm, I might add, but you know her heart was beating fast, restless. Children can't sleep very well on Christmas Eve. As a child, I've told you this every time I've preached here on Christmas Eve, I never slept. I couldn't. I would be put in my room. I would wait for the light to go out underneath the door, knowing that it would be safe in about 30 minutes to come out, move down the hall, see all that had been given to our family. I couldn't sleep. I was so, so restless. I think the movie that pictures Christmas morning for a child the best is The Christmas Story. And if you've never seen it, I, I really don't know what, I don't know what you've been doing for the last 20 years. It's, it's on Christmas Eve through Christmas Day around the clock. How many of you have seen it? I'm just curious. Okay, how many of you have never seen it? Okay, sorry. I'm, you're not going to get my illustration, but the rest of you will. Children don't like to get clothes for Christmas. And if you give children gifts, nieces, nephews, it's okay. But just know when they receive them, they're throwing them over their shoulders. They're, they're getting rid of them. Their parents are rebuking them for it. But the truth is, they're not interested in that. I wasn't, and frankly, neither were you. These two little boys open a gift. Ralphie's the older brother. It's socks. They throw them over the shoulders. He has his eyes fixed on one thing, the thing he's been asking for, the thing he wants more than anything, the thing that he's written a theme about for his third grade teacher. He wants a Red Ryder BB gun. And his eyes are fixed on it. And in this picture of restlessness and chaos, he's not getting what he wanted. And then he opens a big box. And there he's holding something from Aunt Clara. And it's pink. And it's furry. And Christmas meets Easter. <laughs> it's an Easter bunny outfit for an eight-year-old boy. His mother, oh... She gives you the most wonderful gifts. He doesn't want it. And he doesn't want to put it on, but she begins to rebuke him, sends him upstairs and says, go try on your present. And he does. And he comes down the stairs. And his mother looks at him with affection, knowing how much time her sister spent making this. And the dad speaks up and says, he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. <laughs> Do you want to wear that? And his dad sets him free. Clothing is not what kids want. Maybe in the form of a costume if they're little girls or little boys, but not like that. Yet clothing has a really significant part 
in God's holy word from the beginning to the end. Let's focus for a minute on restlessness. Every, every one of us tonight, no matter your age, come into this place, this beautiful sanctuary, knowing that it's, it's a season that's other. There is a mark that we're making because he's worth it. But every one of us have brought something to this place that we're very restless about. Some of you, let's be honest, you're restless to be here right now, and you're here really just because you love your mom or dad or a grandparent. And I'm glad you're here. I really am, but I get that. Others of you are restless because someone's not with you this year that once was before. Others of you are restless because Christmas will come and go, and there's still an examination, a biopsy, something that you're waiting for. And you feel those things because we live in a restless world. We live in a world where it's not because of an exciting morning of, of toys under a tree that keeps us up at night. It's the restlessness of what life might bring tomorrow, or we know it is bringing tomorrow. Our restlessness will never turn to rest until we rest in him alone. Our restlessness will never turn to rest until we rest in him, Jesus, alone. Now let's look at the restlessness of Joseph and Mary. They're in love. They're going to be a husband and wife. They have been pledged to one another when suddenly Mary is going to be with child, pregnant. Now think about Joseph for a moment. How restless. The word of God shows us his restlessness. In your bulletin, look with me at verse 19. Matthew 1.19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man. This means he's a, he's a good man. He's a kind man. He loves this woman. He's pledged his life to her. But he can't comprehend that she is pregnant. And so because he's a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, he has resolved, that means in his own mind, trying to make sense that this woman who's telling him she's pregnant though she's a virgin, he's resolving in his own mind that the best thing to do is to quietly divorce her. Think about what he's thinking about at night. Think about what is going on in his heart and mind as he's working each day. When she begins to show, what am I going to tell my parents? What am I going to tell my friends and neighbors and the people we work with? Can you imagine the restlessness that's going on inside Joseph? Verse 20, it says, but as he considered these things, and we know he's considering these things most likely at night because it tells us, he falls asleep. It's pretty interesting. We often go to sleep very restless. We often wake up in the middle of the night very restless. We often begin each day with incredible restlessness. But here in his physical rest, he is asleep. God does what only God can do. In our restlessness, God descends. In our restlessness, God descends to us. And here, in this dream, 
an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. Verse 20, the angel speaks in this dream. Joseph, son of David, do not fear. So we know he was a fear. He was afraid because of his restlessness. It's very present. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. God meets Joseph in his restlessness. And he speaks to what Joseph is frightened of. And he says, take her for your wife. Mary is experiencing her own restlessness. Look with me at Luke's account. Mary is is confronted by an angel. And she's frightened, the word tells us. And she asks the angel a question. How will I be pregnant is what she wants to know. I've never been with a man. How will this be since I'm a virgin? And once again, in her restlessness, God has descended. God has descended into her restlessness to bring her rest with his word. The angel speaks to her. The angel says in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And then he goes on to tell her about her relative Elizabeth, who is old and she's been barren, but now she is with a child, six months. And then in verse 37, he says, as he descends into her restlessness, nothing will be impossible with God. She's restless. Her husband is restless. It's understandable that they are restless. And then Mary speaks, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Joseph didn't say those exact words. But when God's rest descended on his restlessness, he shows his own rest in him, his word, because he's obedient. Verse 24, back up to Matthew. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And then in obedience, he called his name Jesus. We are all restless. It is the human condition brought on by the fall. The fall of man and the beginning of Genesis. From the moment Adam and Eve took fruit and ate it, restlessness entered into their life, into every relationship. This restlessness is going to continue for eternity for those who never trust in Christ. But for those who trust in Christ, who enter into his rest, for all eternity, restlessness will no longer be a reality This side of heaven, this side of Christ coming again, this side of Christ calling you home, this side is going to be full of restlessness until that moment. But even in those moments, our 
restlessness will turn to rest only when we trust in him alone. And here, Joseph and Mary show the way. It's to trust him, to rest in him and his word. His word reveals his way. His word reveals his promise. And his word reveals his presence. Joseph and Mary had to endure the normal reality of a woman's body becoming pregnant. But the one inside her would be unlike any other child ever born. This child is God. 100% God, 100% man. And there she is carrying this child. And as the normal time progresses and the date for delivery comes soon, she then moves with her husband to Bethlehem. Prophesied about, a census now called, Joseph takes her back to his hometown. And the scene is restless. People hurrying, a town full. And here comes this man and his pregnant wife. Pregnant not with his child, but with his God. And in the Gospel of Luke, after Jesus is born, there is a great picture. And it's the picture of Mary having been visited by the shepherds, having seen and heard what they have said, she now is in a posture of tremendous rest. The word of God tells us that Mary, after giving birth to the child, the very next action, it says, is that she clothed this baby. She wrapped this baby in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. It's Luke 2, 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. I want you to picture this scene for a moment. The restlessness that entered into her heart and mind when she was told she would be with child. That restlessness met by a God who descends into her restlessness gives her his word. And now she's holding the child that was promised. And the very first action she takes is she wraps him in the swaddling cloths and lays him in a manger. Christmas moves to Easter. And from a manger, it moves to a cross. From the swaddling cloths wrapped around this naked baby to a grown 33-year-old man stripped of his clothes as guards cast lots to have them. And there, this man the one who we celebrate his birth tonight 
is fulfilling everything that was prophesied for one reason. The glory of God in rescuing his people and saving his people. When Jesus is on the cross, he is the perfect lamb. Interestingly, when those in the Bible times would bring a lamb for sacrifice, it had to be a perfect lamb. And they would wrap that lamb in cloth to protect it from anything that could create a flaw. Here Jesus is on the cross. And he has lived the perfect life, never once sinning. And now he's dying the perfect death. And the reason he's doing that is so that all who would trust in him would no longer have the Father's wrath for the sin of mankind poured out on them. But instead, the Father's wrath would rest on Jesus. And what that means is that all who trust in Christ are putting him on. Paul says in Romans 13 and other places, put on Christ. And what that means is that Christians, those who truly trust in Jesus, are putting on his righteousness, are clothed in his perfect life, are clothed in his perfect sacrifice. Resting in him alone so that the wrath of the Father will not continue on them for eternity. Christianity is not a gimmick, it's not an emotional roller coaster of trying to experience a little more rest in a restless world than others. It's about a relationship with the living God, that when we trust in Christ alone, rest in Christ alone, he actually enters into us through his spirit. And we have union with him. Ralphie's mother yelled at him, get upstairs and try on that present. Christianity is about clothing. It is about being clothed in Christ. It is about a relationship with him that goes on for all eternity. It is about an eternal rest. But that's not all. It's also about a God who sees our restlessness, who understands our sadness, who knows our sorrows, who descends to meet our restlessness, not with a gimmick, not with a quote, not with a list of I do's, but with a promise to wrap us in himself for all eternity. Christianity doesn't promise something that God doesn't promise. 
It doesn't promise to take away the pain, this side of heaven. It doesn't promise to take away the loneliness, this side of heaven. It doesn't promise to take away the circumstances of living in a very restless world. But it does promise this. Our restlessness will turn to rest when we rest in him alone. Have you rested in Jesus? Have you put him on? That's what this night is all about. It's not a gimmick. It's a gift. It's not a slogan. It's a relationship. It's not a self-help. It's a promise of the living God to those who trust in him. I know you're restless. Your restlessness will turn to rest only when you rest in him alone. Father, this story of our Savior being born is not something man would ever conceive. The living God descending to this earth and descending into his children to give us rest. Father, I pray for all who have come tonight that you would descend to them even now, revealing to them the truth of who you are. And if they have trusted in you, would you just remind them of how safe they are wrapped in Christ. And Lord, for those who've come tonight just seeking or as a favor to a relative or friend, speak your truth to them that they might know the rest that you promise. It is a rest unlike any other. Reveal yourself to them. Descend on them even now, we pray. In the holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.